Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Thank you, Ashley. This is <laughs> Welcome to Grand Moff Talkin', delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley. That might be the last time we ever say that intro. Jacob. Thanks, Ashley. Jasmine. I love Ashley. And Isaac. I just like Ashley. So, I'd like to welcome everybody to this week's podcast, brought to you by Ashley Eckstein. <laughs> Voice of Ahsoka Tano. Purveyor of her Real universe. Real weird if I cannot get that Good. sound bite. Yep. <laughs> this is your motivation to get that oh, no. sound bite. Otherwise, Paul is firmly weird. in your court. Now I don't want to get the sound bite. Here's, here's the story. Ashley Eckstein is coming to... Was Colum- coming. Was coming. She already came to Columbus by the time this episode comes yep. out for a book signing. Yep. And we're sending Jasmine to get her to get Ashley to read the intro. And if she if you did not hear Ashley Eckstein read the intro of our show this week, you have one person to blame, and that person is Jasmine. Could you bring a copy of her book and say, Hey, can you read this excerpt for me? And then just like put in a page that includes the paste. Line. Yeah. And she's like, and the door slowly opened and delicately curated long form discussion. What? (laughs) So this week's episode is an episode that I have in store for you. But before we can go to the podcast store to buy the goods in the podcast shelves, we have pod grooming. To do? Pod grooming. grooming. Pod grooming. I think we need to do the reviews. Play the do the reviews song. We don't have one. I'm so tired of making songs. (laughs) We a new song every week. I know, but then we had like two new songs every week. What if I wrote a piano song for pod grooming? Sure. Riley, you're supposed to let me learn how to edit so you can spend more time on the Is that what Billy Joel said every time he entered the studio? Hey, I'm going to write a piano song today. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be the best one yet. I guess if it's the only thing I know how to play, I don't need to specify. (laughs) I mean, I could try to write a guitar song, but it would just be me strumming random non-chords. Sounds like a real guitarist to me. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Anyone can play guitar. Listen to Jake and I's Radiohead podcast, which may exist by this point. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. We said that about our Star Wars podcast, and it took a third member. So, Jake, would you do the reviews? Yes. We do have a new review by a lovely person. I think it's a guy because the name is this other guy, not that guy. Why'd you just assume his gender in 2018? It said guy it said, twice. He said not that guy. Pal. But he said this guy. Pal. Not that guy, this girl. Okay, but here's what I'm going to say. This is this person's fault. They should feel bad. But I am going to change your name to this other pal, not that pal. Okay, <laughs> good. Jake, do the review. It says... The title is, Do You Like Star Wars? He did give us five stars. Or the, the pal in question gave us right. five stars. That is a good question. And the host asked that question from time to time. Have we asked that question? I'm going to start over. Check the review. That is a good question. And the host asked that question from time to time. Ugh. Asking good questions is part of being a good host. So the hosts are good hosts. Sometimes they do not talk about Star Wars. And that is okay. We are all allowed to have gasp other interests and when they do talk about the other stuff it is entertaining and that is what a podcast should be entertaining to recap good questions so good hosts star wars other stuff entertaining this podcast has it all do we know this person <laughs> no not that i, I know i love it i love we don't it know too. A person. probably my I favorite review, review too. that's Even a good better review. not myself his final sentence had so many opportunities to say Papa John's, and so I hesitate to call our pal a true fan. Uh, the Papa John's bit is recent, in all fairness. It's like, pretty recent, and I would say it gets cut out oftentimes. I think it does. Yeah, it might. Because I think that we do it many times every episode, and I, it's probably only been on the show once It's a real twice. dog whistle of a reference. I'll take your word for it, because I don't know what that means. Remember when either. Bach made a dog whistle early and lost? I do. So, that was How it. How dare you? <laughs> Lost and Found podcast. No. Thoughts, questions, concerns about our newest review that Jake uh, did. I enjoy that review. I- Isaac, you've said it before that you- I'll say it again. Say it again, then. Elephant's faithful, very to the end. In the snow. In the- <laughs> say it again. <laughs> it again. 
How about that, Jock? What were you saying that I say? <laughs> I was saying your favorite thing about the reviews we get is that they're pretty much bits in themselves. They they're are. people who listen to our show, they understand the show, and their reviews are as silly as our show, and we love it. Thank you for being our friends. Thank you for being a friend. A pal. Is is our pod grooming done? Yeah. So. We never I opened think. the Kevin. We don't we don't keep up with our bits. Did to you be have honest. a rant you wanted to do about solo? Not so much a rant as just a thought. It's gonna be a rant. Okay. So I've heard a lot of solo. <laughs> I like when Isaac makes himself laugh until it turns into a real laugh. <laughs> so Well. Whoa. <laughs> 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 So I've seen a lot of like people who don't seem Sue to be. Sue only lives once. Yo so low? So low. I'm just trying to make Riley mad. It's working. Yep. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> we secretly friends. It was just a really quick thing on how I think a lot of people don't like the choice of Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. I see that dying down as we get closer to the movie because we've spent time with him, at least in the marketing of the movie. I think, though, for people who have problems with it, this movie will be out by the time we have this episode in your ears. But if you're still tussling... I think what you meant to say is the movie will be out by the time this episode's out. The movie will be in your ears, and this episode will be on screens. Sure. And if uh, you're still having trouble with Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, my suggestion is... you ever You know in those movies... How sometimes when, like, a something is in infecting the body of something. And so far, this is a really specific analogy you I'm know following along with. Where it's like the body of the person that you know or love, but you can tell it's not them because they're acting weird. Like, you, you follow in, me so far? Like Invasion of the Body yeah, Snatchers? Yeah. Okay. And you know something's wrong, and so it makes you feel uneasy. I think it's important that we remember that Alden Ehrenreich... He may not look like Han Solo, but as long as he performs like the character Han Solo, you may think that you want someone who looks like Han and talks like Han, but you're probably going to end up being more comfortable with someone who acts like the character more than Harrison Ford. And it's a lot more straight in my head, but I see Riley kind of nodding in my peripheral, so I think he kind of gets where I'm going. You feel me? Yeah, no, I've totally been on board with new actors portraying these characters since they announced Solo. Like, I love Star Trek. We talked about Star Trek a lot in the our, our last RPG episode, which probably came out three months ago or three months from now. But um, <laughs> but this is so pointless to talk about. By this, this will come out three months from now. We did like we have like nine episodes right, backlog. I know, I know. But I really like the Star Wars re or Star Trek reboot rather, um, oh, with yeah. new actors. And when that happened, that made me realize that I think I'd be on board with new actors portraying these characters that I love because, you know, as long as it's a good actor and they do a good job, I don't always need Mark Hamill to be Luke Skywalker. I love Luke Skywalker, the character. And yeah, a good, like, you know, 70% of that is probably because it's Mark Hamill. But there are things that I like about the character of Luke that I enjoyed in books and games and stuff where Mark Hamill never played him. So why do I have to, you know, why does it always have to be Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill playing these characters? So yeah, I'm, you know, as long as Alden Ehrenreich, and from what I've seen from the trailers, I think he's going to do a decent job at this one. You know, he's playing solo in a different phase of his life. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Isaac. I'm, you know. Can we redo this, board. but we'll talk about it as though we've seen the movie already and we're reacting to what we saw? Sure, <laughs> yeah, that's true. This might, come out. this might yeah. come out. Yeah, you <laughs> guys you it. guys do it as if you've already seen it. I thought he was great. I mean, no, he's not Harrison Ford, but he's very charming and likable. And uh, I got used to it after about like 15, 20 minutes. There you go. You know, I hated him. No, no, Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, I we just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get past it. Sorry, Riley. Oh, You've been blowing up Discord with your hatred of Solo. You know, one thing I've seen about, one take I've seen from a couple different people, I'm not going to call them out because I respect these people on Twitter. Oh, yeah. You can bleep it. I can bleep Who it. Who are they? Say their names and bleep it, you coward. <laughs> no. This mystery person on Twitter, she said that she enjoyed Solo, She, someone who got to see it early, and it was a fun movie but it seemed more geared towards people who like or people who are newer to Star Wars, which I found interesting, mm -hmm. not people who are steeped in the lore of Star Wars. So I'm interested to see how I if I match up with with her opinion on that. I, I'm I don't know. I've seen that. a couple For people real, who say I that. did. I did see uh, someone that I I met at Celebration. Actually, she's not like a big name or anything. She said she like loved it 
it was just so fun the whole way through, and that Han was actually very good in it. Like, can't we even know, tell the difference. We saw it. I, you know what? I mean, I'm intrigued by that possibility that. Um, and screw people who are annoyed listening to our takes on Solo after afterwards. The movie comes out. <laughs> but I, I'm interested by by that take of it being for be- like Star Wars newcomers, because a, I think people forget that this is geared toward a new generation of Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. The next so, generation of Star Trek. You know, <laughs> I think we have going. more than reached our quota, our queue of Star Wars references. Chewbacca. But I'm a Zelda fan, and there have been some Zelda games like Phantom Hourglass, which are specifically geared towards new players. And they're really fun and really enjoyable. They generally like aren't ones that are considered to be like the best ones in the series because they're just a bit like more simplistic but that doesn't mean that they're not really great for what they are and that's kind of my take on solo though which of course i've seen there you go this kind of leads into our further discussion about star wars today doesn't it i was about to say from what riley said just based on like how this movie felt to certain people who have got to see the screening that's what i wanted to talk about today so i had the, the the term star wars feeling in my head because mostly I see when I, whenever I see criticism of any like form of Star Wars media, especially the movies, when you uh, separate the originals and the prequels and the sequels, I feel like one of the number one criticisms for people is it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. And I feel like that's that's like the perfect way to kind of like it's it's like the perfect moving target to review a movie. And that's what I'm hoping to find out with this discussion today cuz I kind of want to go around the table and Find out what Star Wars feels like to all of you because that is, I f- I'm pretty sure, a different thing for every single person. And even people from the same generation because we're basically all on this table from the same generation of Star Wars fans. Like, because you think of the Jimmy Max of the world. Sure. Who are like the like the OG fans. The who, old guard. <laughs> yes. Who call A New Hope Star Wars. Mm. And then there's like the, the millennial fans like us grew up with the prequels yeah and aren't as annoyed by jar jar as most people probably mm-hmm. to a man and then you have like people like my younger siblings who like clone wars is just as much star wars to them as anything else and then you have the kids these days who like have the sequel trilogy form so that's why i kind of want to talk about is what star wars feels like to all of you because I, I kind of have a rough idea of what it feels like to me but it is this kind of like very nebulous concept that's personalized to each person and I definitely don't feel like it's a fair criticism of any piece of Star Wars media unless it totally kills the force <laughs> to <laughs> criticize it as being not mm. feeling like Star Wars so maybe we'll just do the uh, general grievous thoughts like we usually do for all of our discussions uh, the questions purple that's what it feels like to me <laughs> Riley dirty I feel like Star Wars needs to be dirty I was going to start with Jasmine like and putting then... some stank on that. I'll expound. Shank. I'll expound. <laughs> expound later. But go ahead, Jasmine. Okay. Expound for pound. Jasmine, what does Star Wars feel like to you? Silly. Oh, silly. I guess I'll give a real answer. Are we doing one word answer since we, we go on the table? This is. Cool. Are we going to give a uh, like a one word answer? One and word we'll... answer and then we'll expound. Boy, one word answer is tough. Yeah. Adventurous. Hmm. Isaac, what's your one word answer? I was not prepared for this. Well, My answer episode. is cut oh, out the I'm silence. Going. No, leave the silence in. And put it in the picture if we can figure out how to do it. What's what a one-word way of saying gives me You've already opportunity to daydream? Daydreamy? Um, like it doesn't hold your attention so your mind wanders to other places? No. Yeah, it turns out I hate Star Wars. No. <laughs> I know what he means. I'm trying to think of a word for Inspirational. it. Inspirational. Like transportive? Like it. Well, you know what movies do that to me is the Transporter series. Sympatico. Jason yeah. Statham was in my mind. <laughs> Jason Statham mind. Thank you. Is it not Statham? <laughs> Jason Statham mind. I'm in a Jason Statham mind. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so this is the portion where we expound. Jasmine, for the love of God, expound, oh please. My gosh. So silly. Like, I guess when I was younger, I didn't think of it as silly. But now watching it older, it just like I enjoy... The seriousness and the silliness and the emotional attachments, like the characters and the silly moments that happen between all those characters. Those, I think, are what make the movies to me and what make it a little bit more not straight sci-fi, you know, where it's just like all action and all serious all the time. I think I like that about Star Wars. It's got these like heavy, really emotional moments, but also like 
the new movies have had a lot of little silly moments in it, and the originals had really silly moments in it, too, that just, like, make you happy and smile and feel all warm and fuzzy inside. You want to take it from there, Jake? Sure, Terry. Does it make you feel fuzzy? (laughs) (laughs) Very fuzzy, How fuzzy does it get you? I, I said adventurous. Which, when I, it's funny, I'm already realizing that you could definitely not sum up Star Wars in one word, but no, I feel that what makes Star Wars Star Wars, I feel like I should replace that with fan, fantastical, because it's not straight sci-fi, and it's not straight fantasy. I think what makes Star Wars Star Wars is the adventure element of it, and when Star Wars starts to maybe become controversial to people is when it removes a little bit of that adventure element, I think. Now, it doesn't always mean that it's bad, but for example, I think that what made The Force Awakens so strong was that it got back to, obviously, it was a shot-for-shot remake of A New Hope, as we all know and truly believe. Uh, It retained that adventure element that the original series had. It was frenetic. The pacing was quick. It was, you know, there was this this fast-paced banter-driven dialogue but it really felt like a grand sweeping adventure. And I think that The Last Jedi did not necessarily feel like that. It felt more like a character study in space. And that's that movie's a little bit more controversial to people. But I don't know. I, I hate everything I'm saying, and I wish I wasn't saying it, and I want to stop. I understand what you're saying, though. Jacob Pride story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. Because that kind of... Maybe I'll, I'll cut in for Riley here, but that, that kind of like goes to my one-word answer that spread out over a sentence of what Star Wars makes me feel. And you're right, adventurous, because what Star Wars is to me, like it's it doesn't even need to be necessarily big in scope, because you think of the original trilogy, and especially like A New Hope and Empire, that it always struck me, like especially like once I grew up, or at least like was in a more grown-up state of mind, going back and watching those movies, Stephen, you realize... Thank you. You realize just how small scale those movies truly are because A New Hope starts on Tatooine and then you go to the Death Star and then you go to Yavin and then the, the, the movie's over. And while you're on these planets, it's not like you go that many places. Like you you, you, you kind of stay put as far as like, like scale goes. And, and that's kind of with Empire too. I mean, the second act of the movie, the main character talks to a Muppet and the other main characters are stuck inside of a space slug. And that it's, it's silly. It, it's a yeah, kind of a claustrophobic movie almost. But kind of to what Jake was saying, what's always feels like Star Wars to me is once again that opportunity to daydream about it. As far as when I'm done with Star Wars, I'm still thinking about it, and that's why Star Wars is different to me than any other like movie franchise or TV show or any other like form of pop culture, because just to the ex- extent to which I've always thought about it after I'm done with it. Because there's been a lot of movies, like going to the theater as a kid or getting a movie from the the movie store or the library or wherever. You watch it and you may really enjoy it even. But there's so many movies, I don't think about them 15 minutes after I'm done watching them. But Star Wars is always kind of one of those constants in my mind where it's just the, the, the scope of the movie kind of lends itself. And even like it's Star Wars is famous for its writing even, where you have lines like, like, I wonder if they remember my maneuver from the Battle of Tanab, or... Like, you get little things like that. These one lines that kind of suggest larger stories, like, in the background. And so Star Wars gives you that opportunity to think about what goes on just beyond the screen. Things like the Mos Eisley Cantina, or Jabba's Palace, or, like, the pod race scene. Like, you're seeing thousands of different aliens, and you're just left to wonder where they all came from and what their story was. And then, like, the lore of, like, the Force itself thinking about like it's it's left purposely vague by all of the creators so that you can kind of insert your own philosophy in there and it's kind of hard to be like 100% wrong about your view of the force because it's everything about Star Wars is specific enough to leave an image in your mind but vague enough to let you kind of play with that image as you will is that look at me mean it's my turn yep okay <laughs> So the word I the chose, I think about, <laughs> <laughs> the word that I chose was dirty, and by that I mean Star Wars to me always is at its best when it feels like it's lived in, and it kind of goes along with your point, Isaac, that there are always lines thrown in, and we get glimpses, like we say on on Grand Moff Talk, and we get a snapshot of the galaxy, and that the story that we're currently watching is just part of a whole, 
like it feels like the the Star Wars universe universe feels like it has history from a new hope on you know when when you get a line thrown in there about the Senate has been dissolved in the very beginning of a new hope it feels like there there are things happening in this galaxy beyond what we're seeing and I always love that about Star Wars um I've been watching a lot of Star Trek lately which is why I've been talking about it on every podcast uh-huh. I've been watching rewatching the 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 next generation and I love that show, but you pretty much only ever see what's happening with that crew, and and you never really get a, a glimpse at what life is like in the Federation. Whereas in Star Wars, you're constantly getting glimpses of of what it's like to be a person living in the Star Wars universe, which I really love. And also, a, a big thing about what makes Star Wars feel like Star Wars to me is the characters. I think when Star Wars is at its strongest and what feels the most strong to me is when you have a group of characters that you can really get behind and that it almost doesn't matter what they're doing because you just like following these people. And when it's at its weakest is when maybe the plot takes the forefront over over the characters and and you find yourself not connecting with these people as much as I as I wish I was connecting with them. And that's when Star Wars is at its weakest. So for me, Star Wars is a lived-in universe that feels dirty and and strong characters that I can connect with. And that's, I think, what you're talking about is why I resonate more, why Rebels resonates more with me than the Clone Wars did. Because I think the best episodes or arcs of the Clone Wars dealt with character, like deep dives into Ahsoka or Anakin or Obi-Wan or whoever it was. Obviously, they expanded the characters of the of the you know yeah. background Jedi you never see, but the majority of that show, or at least the solid half of it, is more like really like intricate plot stuff that I'm like I don't care about this. Mm-hmm. Rebels was kind of criticized for having so being so light on story, yeah. But I always loved watching it because all they the characters were so 80% strong. Eighty percent of their time on Lothal trying to free Lothal, like that's what the whole show is. They're always splitting characters apart and bring and putting them in different combinations and then bringing them back. Well, yeah. the strong points of Infinity War. Sure, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, definitely. And that's what Marvel's been able to do by having all these different characters. Now, like you have a movie like Thor Ragnarok, which like throws Thor and Doctor Strange and the Hulk together, and it's like a <laughs> yeah, really such a weird, weird combination. Group. But yeah. because of the characters are so strong, it just like it feels right and it's fun and unexpected. I think that's what is exciting about the sequel trilogy is you can throw in these new characters which are really strong but you, you throw them in with the old characters and you see what kind of chemistry can happen the criticism that the prequels get that the characters weren't strong enough and i think that's why people didn't resonate with them as much and why there was all different kind of combinations of characters but it never had that same feeling of like oh man you got uh you got obi-wan and uh, old Captain, what's his face? Exactly, I can't think of his name. Together, that what what kind of craziness is going to happen? Old Captain Pancake. Mm, yeah, I I think it's a testament to Star Wars that three movies have ended with a group of people trying to destroy a weapon of mass destruction, mm-hmm. and yet, like people complain about it, but not really. Like people still like those movies a lot, and it's because we're following characters. It doesn't really matter what they're doing, and and it's why. I don't like to do this very often because I know you guys hate it, but it's why the prequels, they I just see so much potential in them because we're not fighting a, a weapon of mass destru- destruction. Those The prequels end with a conflict between two characters that we've been following for three movies who are like brothers, who are like father and son, who should... This should be like a crazy emotional impact, and it's never and it felt does, that. And it makes you makes you cry. <laughs> it doesn't. So it doesn't work for me. And this well, is the point. this they is about what Star feel, Wars works for they us. They should but feel like like uh, father and son or yeah. brothers, and they don't. They kind of don't for me. They really don't for me. But but that's but I'm I'm not here to just like to dog on the prequels. But I'm saying <laughs> I don't want to bark on the prequels. But woof woof. It either works for you or it do- it doesn't, and those characters don't work for me. But on a whole, you know, ninety percent of the time maybe 70% of the time, I guess the the characters in star Wars really work for me. And what makes it feel like a fun space adventure that I love watching. I think that's kind of, uh, I'm going to call it the Genesis, but I mean, I think we, we've, di- we've discussed this ad nauseum before, but that's kind of a, a criticism people have about a lot of different movies. Usually when it's all like be it the MCU or star Wars movies where 
there's uh it's more serialized more like a a broader scope in terms of storytelling where you can kind of fall into the trap maybe of assuming the audience's knowledge and there's just kind of the philosophical discussion of should you ever have would you, you ever make a two-hour movie where like part of the movie hinges on people's knowledge of the context that provides us with the plot we have in front of us and i think the the prequels were kind of like almost like a, a case study in like george was like you know the story already so i'm just going to tell you how we got here and I, I remember as a kid and that goes back to the star wars feeling for me where it was so cool for me as a kid where i loved like like luke han leia chewie and 3po and r2 like i felt a deep connection to these characters and then or in people like obi-wan and now like george was like tell me where this all came from it's like i have the characters and now i have the context including like this big world to kind of to play around in and that kind of like it's to me i think that's what will work the most for a, a kid watching the prequels is you're given such a big world to kind of to think about and to imagine with and that can and that's definitely what kind of lends to the star wars feeling for me jasmine we're looking at jasmine i'm thinking it's been a while since you said anything been a while. see i think i'm the exact opposite of isaac those the prequels feel too big and too open to me for it to feel like star wars it's just like I I like the more centered on maybe one or two planets and one or two tiny places within those planets instead of these huge let's go from this planet to this planet to this planet and then back again during one saint so one entire movie and it feels and that's before cluttered? you like I don't know that's what like, l- really lends to the Star Wars feeling I feel for our discussion as Jake is glitching trying to start the thought <laughs> but before he uh, provides it. But that, that's what I find interesting is like our what what is Star Wars to us is so different for all of us because like because for me that's the probably the one thing that kind of I don't want to say I like don't like about the sequel trilogy but not my favorite part is the fact that it's on such a small scale like the Force Awakens and Last Jedi especially Last Jedi the Last Jedi to me feels so like claustrophobic. And I enjoy, like, a, a large-scale sort of thing that's not so focused. And so we're kind of coming from two separate... We love the same thing, but we love it in different ways. It's an interesting is, thing about Star Wars. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, going back to the adventure thing, trying to pinpoint, like, why I like the prequels. Uh, growing up, I don't think the thing I liked about Star Wars was the characters, to be honest with you. I, I was always... I always liked to draw and stuff, and I, I so I think what... Uh, drew me to it was more like huh. the creativity hmm. of it and what drew draw me <laughs> <laughs> what drew me to star wars was like the creativity of it and the expansiveness of it you know you never knew where <laughs> like I, I think what when i was a kid what connected me with star wars was just how it felt like so much creativity was crammed into every movie but the adventure thing i think when the prequels feel the most like the original trilogy which is what most people label to be what star wars quote-unquote feels like because of course it was it was the thing that started star wars and determined what star wars was started wars started wars it it, it was things like the i mean in, in my opinion like the opening scenes like with qui-gon and obi-wan infiltrating the ship kind of quipping a little bit, fighting droids, moving, going on this important mission. It was like the pod race where there's like these stakes and this crazy creative race thing you've never seen before. Uh, it was the ending where there's like different people going on different missions toward the same purpose with this lightsaber fight. It's the adventurous part of the story. And when people felt like it didn't feel like Star Wars was when people were stopping and sitting and talking and being like, what's going on with like the Senate and stuff? That, for a lot of people, didn't feel like Star Wars. But it's tricky because, like I said, The Last Jedi is kind of an anomaly almost because it feels like Star Wars to me, but it has few of the elements that we've talked about so far. What it has a lot of is silliness, has really strong characters. I would say that it does not necessarily feel like an adventure movie to me. No. no, I, I think, think so. the adventure element of the Last Jedi mostly is confined to like a ship moving at like a relative like <laughs> snail's crawl. 
Yeah, and Canto Bite is the most adventurous part of the movie. That's maybe. what I was gonna say. Yeah, because you have that really like exciting chase on like mm-hmm. crazy, and of course aliens. it's totally pointless and shouldn't have been in the movie in the first place. <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, Ruin Johnson probably <laughs> should uh, oh. quit his job and he's Jar Jar Abrams. <laughs> oh my god, I hate do you that think, so much. Do those people like get together and like what can we call them that will like make people mad? Ryan John sucks sucks <laughs> oh ruin John what do you think oh, that's good we're gonna call him that if Colin Trevor had gotten the gig what would be the insulting name that would have been they assigned totally to him they probably like Trevor because Colin he'd make Trevor a crappy he'd Colin make a crappy Trouble-o. movie well having now seen The Book of Henry one of the most astonishingly bad movies ever made uh, I think that yeah the people who don't like the sequels judging by what I hear they would have liked Colin Trevor's take because he Ray would have taken a big old backseat. Speaking of James Bond, hey guys, I wanted to talk about James Bond. We're so please far do. Off. Are we we just cut out a bunch, this? but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, but Jake ended it by saying, speaking of James Bond, and I want to talk about how James Bond feels to me and how it relates to how Star Wars feels because okay, because I love James Bond. I know you love James Bond. I hate James Bond. I know. I'm going to go on the record here. I don't. I don't like any James Bond put movies. This in the show. I mean, I'm going to put this in the show. I'm not scared. Wow. Okay. At me. I don't care. I don't like James Bond movies except totally fine skyfall yeah i love skyfall the one that was designed for people who don't like james bond exactly and yeah. that's the one that does not feel like like james bond is is what i hear well and it's I, just it a must really good action movie it's a really good action movie that happens to star james bond uh-huh. uh, that has nothing to do with our star wars discussion it's just other franchises i guess can have the same thing where what what it feels like so i just wonder if someday we're going to get the star wars movie that does not appeal to star wars fans because well i, I kind of got that idea that solo is maybe like that i don't I know i think that the sequel trilogy is kind of doing that for a lot of people I it mean, is like the force awakens was a movie that just appealed to like everybody like yeah and people who liked that saw the last jedi mm-hmm. and loved it and i was about to say that's honestly like i just had this discussion with my wife a little while ago Oop. <laughs> um, she hadn't seen Spider-Man. Like I said, Star Wars before we were together, so she like only saw them because I showed them to her. So it was almost like me like showing her like something. It wasn't so much her experience as me showing her. Her you making her watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like she's like she's taken to the new movies a lot. Like she, I think she has the same affection for Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Last Jedi. And like because I asked her like we were just talking about whatever. I'm like, so what is your favorite Star Wars movie? And she's like, I don't know, I like I like all the new ones. I'm like, oh, that's, mm. yeah. And she's like, yeah, they've all been really good so far. Yeah. And she's like, I'm sure you, like, all you guys like the older ones. I mean, there's probably nostalgia in it for you. Which is funny, because, like, she even, like, lumped, like, the original trilogy in it. Like, she, like, she thinks there's, like, a large nostalgia factor that goes along with a lot of our affection for those I movies. Think that's so fair. we have, like, yeah. a family that, like, we're friends with, and they've got, like, a 16-year-old. Oh, gosh, I guess he's, like... I think he's like just graduates. It's weird. I'm just realizing how old old. I am. Yeah. But several years ago, like we were talking about Star Wars. And of course, this kid, like, this is probably before The Force Awakens came out. And he's talking about how he really likes the prequel trilogies, but the old one he didn't like. Because to him, those were kind of like the boring old ones. Mm. But the prequels were like more exciting to him. And for that kid who grew up watching the prequels, and that was the only Star Wars that was really around. Yeah. That was Star Wars. But. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that really unites it all and when everybody can agree is when the tone is right. And the tone, I think, is the combination of all the things that we've been talking about, which is the adventurousness of it, like the humor of it, the whatever you said. Characters. Welcome. Characters. Characters welcome, welcome USA. I don't I, I don't remember if we have talked about this. I said while I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if we've talked about this on the show, but I know we've talked about it somewhere. How we haven't really seen people who don't care about Star Wars dislike The Last Jedi. Like, ha, like my did, mom, like her reaction to it. What was her reaction? She loved it. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, like my she's parents. the most casual of casual yes. viewers. She doesn't know anything except that she likes Jar Jar and Ewoks. That's it. Yeah. And she came out of I, The Last this is Jedi. The first I've heard this on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she came out of The Last Jedi. To be fair, she had had... One very strong alcoholic beverage during the movie. <laughs> Shout out to Amy. Yep, but she came. One of those like novelty a... alcohol beverages that AMC makes. Like, hey, order a Snoke. <laughs> was it a like a long? I did. Island I, a, I, like that was my gulp? first. 20, that? Twenty-one. That was my first drink. Um, it was like a Darth Vader root beer float or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, not, I'm not your father. Root beer. It's Star Wars because we said it is. <laughs> I understand that reference. Thank you. But yeah, I'm not she. Your <laughs> No, I got it. <laughs> like, we 
walked out of that movie, my dad was going off about how everything was ruined. Being and Luke is dead. From the sound yeah. of it. And we're walking past all these people who are like crying to their family because <laughs> their life is ruined. <laughs> and yeah. we go outside. And my mom's like, that was the best Star Wars movie I've yeah. ever seen. Like, she just absolutely loved it, which is weird. Yeah. She doesn't. Like her next favorite Star Wars movie is Attack of the Clones. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> I don't know how that relates at all, those two movies, but, but it's it's I, weird. I think it's just because these movies are, are not really made for Star Wars fans. So there's that vocal minority that that feels like all these movies should be directed at those who read every single Legends book and have an idea of what their Star Wars is. But you're not you're not gonna make a billion dollars by marketing to that vocal minority of people who really care about their old Star Wars. Like, these movies are for everyone, which if you're on board with that, good, which all four of us are because we like these new movies. I find say. it funny that I think we've maybe touched on this before. It seems like it's not the best idea sometimes to have your thoughts painted strongly by your feelings. And I think your emotions, because it's because it, how we talk about, like, Star Wars Don't does. have your emotions painted by your feelings, guys. You've heard it here first. It makes a lot of sense. And <laughs> stop listening right here. I, in, I want that in like an Etsy kind of like calligraphy font. And like I want it cross-stitched on, on a pillow. Yeah. yeah. Or on it. like an 8 by 10 like canvas. I'm gonna so make, I can put it right above my that's mantle. That's the next um, T Public shirt. The quote. <laughs> Don't let your feelings affect your emotions or like whatever. Coming out it was. of Grandma talking in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Tarkin. Yeah. Dang it. But Star Wars. I hesitate to even call them Star Wars fans. If you're someone who carries so much emotional baggage with you that everything moving forward has to appeal to such a fragile view of something inconsequential that you have in your life that you can let it affect you in that way, maybe this is more about you than the content itself. (laughs) Yeah, it's possible. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if a piece of entertainment, and I don't care if it's Star Wars or not, if if it's sports... If it's just another movie franchise, I mean, if if your day-to-day life and your ability to be happy as a human being is determined by entertainment, then that's a problem that you have. Mm. And as ironic as it is, not even Atlantis Morissette ironic, but like Palpatine ironic. Like if your life revolves solely around solo. Star Wars or Solo, a Star Wars story in theaters about like a month ago, then that's a like you have a problem, you need to talk to a doctor about it. And I'm and I'm glad you listened to us. Yeah, thank you. Where we talk about Star Wars every month and nothing but. <laughs> but we, as Star Wars fans and podcasters who do the news, Gunray, say that you need to <laughs> go to a doctor. There seems to be, once again, the backlash to the backlash is frustrating when you get the people who complain about whatever in Star Wars doesn't feel like Star Wars to them. But then you get like the other side who's like, look at this guy. I'm going to retweet with comment and I'm going to say that don't you know that Star Wars is blank, blank, blank and kind of treating the Star Wars feeling as something that you can like put down in writing and treat as fact. Like as we've talked about, like around the table, Star like especially like me and Jasmine, it seems like Star Wars, like once again, we love the same thing, but we love different things for different reasons in it. And so to try to pin pigeonhole the star wars feeling into like bullets of star wars if the feeling is the characters and the world building and like like these five other things that like matter like you said jake the characters didn't matter as much to you when you were a little kid maybe more so now but you can't just list a bullet list of the star wars feeling and everything means the same it's kind of like anything else where we care about different things to a different extent and there's no way to kind of quantify that and that's what kind of makes it really cool honestly that once again we do like this same property but there's so much of it too like not just the movies we have so much to pick from that you really can like kind of cherry pick your 10 favorite things about star wars and you can have something that you can zero in on and love and if it's still the legends line if you only love the original trilogy and the legends books then you still have a lot of content to dwell on and still talk about with people who are of like mind. I, I remember what I was going to say that I forgot earlier, which was that you talked about one of the things that you guys, like uh, Jasmine and Riley, really liked was how the stories in the original trilogy were more small scope, but the way that they were written suggested it's such a larger universe. 
And it's funny that one of the primary complaints we hear about the sequels is that they're smaller in scale, you're not going to as many planets and they're not as creative, and they're only hinting at all this backstory. We're not seeing any of it. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny about that is that's exactly how Star Wars was for the original trilogy. I mean, it was really... There's not a lot there. If there's something that we've noticed in reading the EU books, it's that they kind of go to the same five planets over and over again. They always have to mention some kind of thing from the original trilogy. Remember the Battle of Yavin? Yeah, yeah. it always ties back to one of the f- few events in the original trilogy, and not that many The whole dating happened. system was based off of the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it was really a simple story, those three movies told, and the larger universe sprouted out from just a tiny little detail sprinkled in yeah. to what was really more of a, you know, adventure story with archetypical characters. And now that they're doing that again, people who grew up with the prequels, don't like it as much. And yet, when they announced Solo, people were like, do we really need the story of the Kessel Run? Can't that just be a line that they threw <laughs> yeah. in there? So yeah. people can't make up their mind. Like, You'll never please everybody. You'll never please everybody. I, I, To me, Star Wars is like the Beatles. Yeah. There nev- there's never going to be another band like the Beatles. And I'm not talking about quality of music, because that, obviously, people can, you know, however they feel about the Beatles. I think they're the best band ever. But... Me too. I know a lot of people don't think that. I know it is. But it is a fact that there's never going to be a band as big as the Beatles ever again. And I think there's never going to be a franchise as popular and as big as Star Wars ever ever again. Every couple years you get a movie that comes out and people say, well, this is the new Star Wars. It just happened with Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Yeah. I saw so many reviews saying, this feels like Star Wars. This is going to be the the next big thing. And it made like $2 at the box office. Like, (laughs) But Star Wars works because we can have four people who like four different things about Star Wars, and that's what makes it Star Wars for them. So... It's it's always going to be huge. We're never, no one's ever going to like everything because we all like different aspects of this one franchise. But it does mean that this franchise is probably going to last forever. <laughs> to bring up an analogy that I know I've brought up before, but we repeat ourselves in the show all the time. I don't care. Yeah, like the Legend of Zelda series is a thing where you will get so much debate over what games in the series are the best and which are the worst because some of them are very linear and story based. And more focused on like puzzles, but some of them have very little story, mostly focused on exploration. And so there's people who like Skyward Sword is the worst Zelda game ever. It's a travesty. What it did to Star Wars is terrible. Ruined it forever. Not Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> but that's why that series has gone on about for thirty years because people like different things about it. Yeah. And so you can make an entire game based around a concept that some Zelda fans don't even like. Because there's so much happening in it. And that's where Star Wars is at, where there's now so much of it that people can like different things about it. And different parts of it will appeal to different people. And that's okay. I think I just keep getting stuck on the point that people like really let this affect their happiness and well-being in their <laughs> life. And like they'll dedicate time to starting petitions and like rallies and things. Yeah. And tormenting creators I, of things online. Move on. I was. I really like your Beatles analogy, Riley, because Thank you. You're I like right. it too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jasmine, how do you feel about it? I don't like the Beatles. So. Uh, right, right. Right. Well, well, there's always one. I'm the thing about the Beatles anything, guys. was what made them. What made the Beatles the Beatles was just as much as the music was like everything surrounding their music, like the timing and the circumstances. Everything kind of the the stars aligned for the Beatles to be who they were. And that was like the same way with Star Wars, how like we've always heard the story of how like the anti-hero was like the thing in movie theaters. And George Lucas wanted to create like a new sort of like fairy tale for kids that kind of went against the anti-hero and gave you something optimistic to look forward to. And so Star Wars came at the perfect moment in time. And really the original trilogy was this perfect little six year period. And when you look back at like the, the, the Beatles or really any popular band in their prime, even like the Rolling Stones or, Bob Dylan, like Bob Dylan is still alive. Like Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are still alive and no one talks about them anymore because they had like this like special period where they captured like magic and they came at just the right time and people responded to what they were like singing about or what they were writing about. And so I think the original trilogy kind of had that, that same sort of deal. And this doesn't really go with the Star Wars feeling, but that's always kind of like, I don't want to say it nags at me, but I've always kind of thought about this with like the new sequel trilogy, how it's really hard to create something iconic. That's what that's what always 
like turned me off about like Avatar, where I think James Cameron, <laughs> yeah, with Avatar is like purposely trying to create a phenomenon. He went into it with that attitude. Yeah, yeah. and you you don't create phenomenons like no. Star Wars and the Beatles. You can't, can't give, be created, and you can't I can't give yourself a nickname. Yeah, it that's a good way to put it because I think of a character like you think about Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams' famous walks on the beach. Like, of course, we do love Force Awakens, like, at this table, but it'll be interesting to see how it ages because, like, characters like Rey and Finn and Kylo Ren were created to be phenomenons. They were created to, like, be woven into the fabric of our culture. And so it's kind of like an interesting way of trying to, like, reverse engineer success when you're trying to go in with that mindset. You know what, though? I'm going to say that when George Lucas made the prequel trilogy, it was with the weight of the original trilogy on his back. And I would argue that, although, yes, to a certain subset of our generation, you say the name Qui-Gon Jinn, everyone knows what you're talking about, I would say that he was not inspiring little girls the way that, like, Ray. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I... I well, I, I can tell you that's the truth. I, yeah. <laughs> Did you dress up as Qui-Gon Jinn when you were in <laughs> No. I, I think that the reason why Force Awakens was such a phenomenon and why it was iconic is because it was good. Because if Batman v Superman proved anything, is that, yeah, you can put the two most iconic characters in the world in a movie and opening weekend, everyone's going to see it. But then if it's bad, then no one's ever going to see yeah, it again. No and then it'll you know, it. not make as much money as they thought. And then the rest of the franchise will tank. <laughs> the reason why... Star Wars has been successful because they made this movie and people really like the characters. That's why Marvel worked. Yeah. They built it off of characters that people really, really liked. So my point was right. It's about characters. It is, yeah. I mean, I think that's true, but for it doesn't feel no, like Star Wars to me, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah, no, but it, it is, you know, it's helped by this franchise is just, it's got so much history. Mm. It's You can slap a Star Wars skin on anything and it's going to make money these days. I think that unless you're Battlefront too, unless you're Battlefront, unless EA owns <laughs> you, but That's true. but you could slap a. We've talked about it before. You could slap yeah. a. You could slap a Star Wars skin on ukulele, and we'd play the heck out of that game. Oh sure, yeah. Like we've talked about things <laughs> yeah. like that before. It's well, just they, like they literally know. slap Star Wars skin on like bounty paper towels. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if, if I'm given the choice between buying a box of Kleenex that's just, like, blue in a box of Kleenex that has Rogue One characters, I'm going to buy the Rogue One characters. If I'm buying cause... regular mac and cheese or R2-D2 shaped mac and cheese, I'm going to buy R2-D2 yeah, shaped mac and cheese. Yeah, you got to. Just to conclude, what is the Star Wars feeling in summation? We'll go around the table. Jasmine, what is the Star Wars feeling? Are you starting with me again? Because I want to. <laughs> Equality. It's characters and silliness and adventure and fantastical things. Isn't that what you said? <laughs> Good gesturing. I, I, on the I, I said that. <laughs> I don't remember what you said. Thing. I don't know. It's I feel good. like I already said this. So it is really hard to define what feels like Star Wars because as I'm as I'm here saying what it feels like, I'm contradicting myself in my brain. Yeah, with I things know. in Star Wars yeah. that don't apply to what I said. That's and why I, everything and I said. I still I hate like it. them. You contain multitudes. Yeah. No, I I can't really define it, but I know it when I see it, and I love it. What about your action figures? I don't care anymore. If you <laughs> like our show, subscribe to Grand Moff Talking on your favorite podcast app. Email us at grandmofftalking at gmail.com. Tweet us at our tweet handles, and we'll tweet you back with our tweet handles. If, <laughs> Sounds like a threat. <laughs> if you want to review us, that's great. Tell us how Solo was. We haven't seen it yet. <laughs> we haven't seen it in the past. By the time this comes out, we will have. You know what? Sorry about that solo talk. Peanut butter challenge for this episode. Sure. If you're listening, any Star Wars podcast, tweet us and tell us from the future how Solo was speaking to us in the context of this episode right now. <laughs> so for another week, this has been illustriously. Take it away, Ashley. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ashley X time, please. You don't need to do the outro because yeah, Ashley's I won't. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Ashley X time will take care of it. So bye, guys. <laughs> bye. <laughs> that was really good. Do the news, queue up the reviews. It's Graham <laughs> off talking. That should be our new theme. Speaking of queue. Hey, guys. Let's talk about Star Trek more. Not even joking. If Ashley Eckstein would read our show intro, that's like the mark of a good Star Wars I podcast. I so don't want to ask her to do that. Cast member 
says like, hey, you're listening to this the podcast. That Listeners, would... oh, never mind. This is going to be out after she This is... will be out in one year. Yeah, this will be out in one year. She's already going to be gone. I was going to make listeners make you go and meet her, but it'll be too late by I mean, that I'm point. I'm going to go meet her, but I don't know if I want to make her read our entire oh, well, intro. Well, if you're already going oh. to meet her, then if yes, you're going, you have to say, you have to, you have to say you have Ashley. You have to wear the shirt. You're like, Ashley, I am, or just tell her you're the host of a podcast okay. called Grand Moff Talkin', and you would love for her to read our dumb intro. I know <laughs> I know what happened is that we would do it, but she wouldn't say, I'm Ashley Eckstein, and so no one would know who it was doing it. But we would say it every episode because we bring up every bit and everything thanks, we've and ever we done say in every episode. Comes in every week to do it. <laughs> yeah. Say thanks, Ashley. <laughs> thanks, Ashley. What, what are we? What? What is you know that? What I'm guys, talking I about? Really like you're a palin? Like, like, like with video games? What's happening? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But why? Why did you bring up Golden Girls and then you brought up like Pal? <laughs> you sang the, the song, but I didn't shoot the deputy. I sang a song. I don't remember anything. I think I'm losing my mind. I don't know what's happening <laughs> I don't right either. now. We said Pal, and I asked a question about Pals. Okay. You just spilled water all down your shirt. Why? That water bottle. Why can't you drink out of this Walmart water bottle, Incorporated. That's a blooper in the episode coming out tomorrow. Is you complaining about that water bottle? <laughs> Wait, what, what one's coming out tomorrow? Uh, it's, his book episode. Nice. It's this time bomb that literally drips on me half of the time I drink from it, and there's no way of knowing if it will or won't. That's what you did. You went like this. Oh. To show off your peck I've while you're scratching out. It. I was hoping you noticed. <laughs> I did. So, excuse I did notice. Me. Thanks for interrupting the podcast to show off your guns. <laughs> you're welcome. Pew pew. <laughs> what was, why? What was the office episode where Dwight like named like his guns <laughs> or like his? I remember that happening. He like he's like like killer thrasher. Oh yeah, thrasher. that's like an like, that's like an early episode. Jim interrupts him with okay. Uh, dryly put in the clip. It made me think of a rumor I heard recently that's just going to get people like all mad about the episode nine if it's not exactly what the rumors are saying. Oh, no. Or is it a spoiler rumor? Do I want to know this? A certain character's coming back because Disney's casting another female actress. Oh, that Leia might be coming back. No, Mara. Mara Jade? So they pulled that out of their butt somewhere and put that's, it on the internet. That, no they're way. not going to introduce no Mara Jade I know, in episode but that's the rumor that's coming right from now. comicbooklovesalot.uk. <laughs> <laughs> comicbooklovesalot.uk, sponsor of the show. I was just going to say, the Star Wars feeling to me is my old box Wait, that wasn't mine. Figures. It's fine. I was imitating Jake, but go ahead. Old box of action figures. It's fine. Air. By the what way, what we have here, you know what is a favorite old man movie quote to do is what we have here is a failure to communicate. Yes, that absolutely. Dads love that line. Yes, I think every quote. Made that up. Every man over fifty has only seen Blazing Saddles, and it's too bad. Have we I said everything? Care. We've been talking for. A, a real I think long we got. Time. I think we got an, ep, ep, an eps out of that. <laughs> we got an eps. <laughs> we got an eps.